Hi, and welcome to the Business Talk Podcast, presented by Cullen Investment Group. Hello, today is February 23rd, 2021. Just released an episode on... The GameStop frenzy that happened last month, so go check that out. Today, we're going to talk about market insights. So, the market has uh, has not done too well the past few trading days. Um, I think it's been down the last five consecutive trading days. Um, you know, we were at all-time highs. And is it something bigger that we should be concerned about is this just a correction like what are we looking at well in september i had said uh it might be a good time to wean off some tech stocks you know taking some of those gains especially if you have some overvalued ones maybe like a tesla um, maybe an apple and maybe use that time to rebalance your portfolio and take in some of those tech gains that you've gotten over the year and I said, you know, maybe now's a good time to reallocate some more of your portfolio to energy or consumer discretionary and financials, which had been hit really hard when the, the market crashed due to COVID. And, you know, since then, those have been three of the best performing sectors, especially energy um, and financials, have been have really outperformed um, since September and uh, if you reallocated your portfolio, you, you're probably doing pretty well. Um, so I, you, you may be thinking, is now a good time to reallocate my portfolio? You know, tech has just gotten smashed recently. There's a big tech sell-off. And we were sort of due for one. You know, people want to equate the dot-com bubble with, you know, modern-day, you know, tech valuations. And while some are high and some don't have earnings, they're... They're missing a lot of points that those companies didn't have earnings. Many of these companies, Apple, uh, Facebook, Microsoft, they're all very established companies with really clean balance sheets that have very strong earnings histories. So, you know, we're not in like another tech bubble. But um, what are we doing for maybe a healthy correction? Uh, Yeah, that's, that's totally fine. That's totally within reason. But, you know, what has really driven the price of these tech stocks to go up? One, obviously, is stay at home. They're not hit hard. They're not a travel stock. They're not a, uh, you know, they're not a capital intensive stock or a manpower intensive, st- you know. You can do coding. You can do other things from home, which they are good at. And a lot of these companies have extended stay at home working through 2022 and 2023 some for the foreseeable future. Um, so that's sort of what drove a lot of those stocks higher. Um, and then on the other hand, you also have bonds. And the bond yields are, historically, they're the lowest they've ever been, like ever in history. Um, and, you know, some people, I don't know, many of you may have heard this, many of you have not, but you know, if you watch CNBC or Bloomberg every day, you... You hear about this bond bubble that's that's forming or that we're in the midst of. So I wanted to talk about the bond market as well. We we do a lot of talking about the equity market, you know, the stock market. Uh, but what's going on in the bond market? 
Well, a lot, really. Uh, essentially, the bond market's become increasingly risky. However, the rates that are being paid do not match the risk that's being taken on. So, you know, you can buy bonds for companies that may or may not come out of COVID, you know, alive and or may not recover from the, these large losses that they took in revenue. And because of the low interest rate environment that we're in, we're, you know, you're you're getting, you know, maybe 2%. And on the treasuries, you're getting uh, even lower. You know, corporates pay higher. So really what what's happening here is that you're paying a lot of money for very little upside, but a lot of downside. Because you have these zombie companies who can borrow money very, very cheaply and who are borrowing money essentially to keep themselves afloat who will probably default. Um, however, that's not even, you know, we're talking, we'll talk treasuries for now. Um, you know, when you look at the upside potential, let's say at the current rate, the upside potential, then this is if interest rates go to 0% on a 10-year treasury, the upside is 17%. I want you to think about that. The upside is 17%. And Jerome Powell has already said that you know he doesn't want negative interest rates and that they're going to keep interest rates low. But let's say the interest rates go to 0%, which that's what would it, it would take to get that 17% upside. And let's say that takes four years. That's assuming that we don't come out of this um, with a strong economy that you know causes us to raise interest rates. So let's say the worst happens and it, the interest rates go to 0% that your upside is 17%. And let's say it takes four years to do. That is, you know, a little over 4% annualized return It's on those bonds. However, you know, let's say, and that's not, that doesn't even, again, that doesn't even factor inflation, right? So now when you look at the downside, you know, a 1% increase in rates, could cause an adverse, it would be equivalent to losing 20% of your value. So that's, I mean, that can be roughly seven years of income, uh, you know, in bond coupons that you're losing on the on the price of that bond. So, so when you look at, you know, you know, AAA corporate bonds under different interest rate increase scenarios, you know, a 6% increase spread over the next five years, would result in a 36.2% drawdown and a 6.4% annual loss. Meanwhile, a 4% increase in just one year would result in a 34.8% drawdown on your bonds, and that, and obviously that would be your also your annual loss. Um, and just even a, a very modest increase in the the interest rate spread over many years could cause zero return or possibly negative return for more than a decade. And while those losses don't seem like a lot, you have to remember that 60-40, you know, mixed blend portfolio, the 40% in bonds is not supposed to decrease in value. It's not supposed to adversely affect your portfolio. It's really the equity side that, it, you know, can fluctuate 30% um, in a given a given year. It's not supposed to be the bond side that does that. And unfortunately, the thing that's wrong with with bonds is that, you know, most people in their portfolios do not have individual bonds. They ha are in a diversified 
um, bond portfolio, um, you know, with they have bond mutual funds that you or ETFs that you invest in. Um, so you actually don't have the ability to control when you sell or you know if whether or not you hold the bond to maturity, essentially. And that would be one way you could ride out, you know, a downturn is hold the bond to maturity. However, you know, when you most investors again can't because of the way they invest in their bonds. So the the those losses unfortunately would become permanent whereas equity tends to rebound. And so I'm actually reading a book called Risk Return Analysis: The Theory and Practice of Rational Investing by Harry Markowitz, who is a Nobel laureate in economics and founder of modern portfolio theory. Um and what a rational investor would say is when looking at sort of this scenario in terms of the bond market is the downside is there. If if, if you have a 36% chance of downside in both the bond market and the equity market, but your upside for the stock, you know, for, for the bond market is 17% given interest rates going to zero, but the stock market, you know, could be 30, 40, you know, whatever percent. I mean, it's it's gone up traditionally over 10% a year. Which one are you going to invest in, right? Like, the bond market doesn't seem as attractive or as safe. You know, and when you look at all the additional risks that bonds have, interest rate risk, prepayment risk, credit risk, default risk, um, you know, and, and so many more that are only unique, really, to to bonds, they don't seem as attractive. And the risk that you're taking is not worth the return that you're getting with these low interest rates. So it makes sense for people to sort of, you know, if you're going to park your money somewhere, does it make sense to go with the bond market or, or with the equity market? And I would say, and many other people would say, that the equity market is is more attractive. Yes, you're taking on more risk, but you're also expecting a much higher return. Whereas the bond market, you're taking on actually a, a bit of risk, but you can't expect much return. So that is something that we are constantly looking at. And... You know, I think that is what's fueled such a large rally in the stock market is people realizing that they can actually take on about the same amount of risk or less risk than some bonds, but also expect a higher return. So in terms of risk return analysis, it it, it almost is favoring equities by quite a bit. It's because it's so off balance right now in the bond market. So if I had to make a prediction, I would say don't be surprised if we see large outflows from the bond market. Um, you know, I, it doesn't make sense right now for investors to be taking on that much risk and getting that much re- that little return. Um, so I think people are willing to, you know, obviously there's uncertainty in the market right now, especially with COVID. But I think people are willing to take that chance than, you know, essentially lose money when you factor in inflation and again, this is the the reason that Cullen Investment Group favors an all equity approach. You know, there's so many macroeconomic things that are just absolutely out of your control when it comes to the 
bond market, the you know the federal government, the you know the Fed and the Treasury. You know these are all things that are out of we have no control over. And also we think that they have bonds have tremendous amount of risk for returns for returns that are pretty abysmal. You know when you're looking at the ones and twos, um, and even maybe a good you know a three or four percent return, still not very good. Uh, so we will always favor the all equity approach. You know, if you are looking for income, there are plenty of dividend paying stocks that are safe and, you know, unlikely to default that pay much higher than bonds do. Right. So, and you also have the equity upside. So we've always, obviously we, we do capital appreciation, but also, you know, if you want dividends, or you know income that's that's one way we do it um but yeah we just that that's one way we think we maximize our portfolio returns is by you know taking bonds out altogether because they are tend to be a sort of a a rip off when you get down to the nitty gritty and this is the last thing I'll add in respect to bonds um but they've they've actually done studies on this and and there has never been a period where a mixed blend portfolio so a 60/40 portfolio in any 10-year period since you know the inception of bonds right has ever done better than an all equity portfolio and you know that includes the the great recession the great depression you know right after the 2000 the September 11th attacks like the dot com bubble truly it's they've never been better than an all equity portfolio and we do believe that uh because in bonds you know there's a the bond market is much larger than actually the equity market people don't realize that there's you know trillions and trillions of dollars of bonds outstanding you know when you compare the world equity market capitalization it's about uh 85 to 100 trillion dollars and the u.s market makes up about 50 trillion of that when you compare that to the uh, world bond market it's it's about 130 trillion dollars uh according to the last figures i i saw and and that's probably ballooned quite a bit with uh the amount of debt offerings that have taken place due to covid but when you think about it uh, a lot of these companies are issuing this debt because they are earning a higher return on the you know on this money that they're reinvesting than they are paying in interest right so it almost makes sense for them to borrow money especially at these low rates so doesn't it make more sense for you to own the company than to own their debt and that's all that's the last question I'll pose with you because that's all I had for you uh today so I look forward to uh starting the podcast back up and and talking to you guys more frequently so I hope you learned a little uh, something about the bond market, uh, sort of the bond bubble that we have now, and hope you got some good market insights. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk Podcast presented by Cullen Investment Group. Make sure to check out CullenInvestmentGroup.com and sign up to get notifications about new episodes. Make sure to like subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Thank you, and we will see you next week.